Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, guys, we are progressing through the Gospel of Luke. We're actually going to finish up chapter 22 today. And we're at really looking at what Jesus Christ is going through as he heads to the cross. We've seen that he's been betrayed by Judas. He's taken by the temple guards. Peter has at this point denied him. And so now we are at the place of What's going to happen to Jesus now? And so we're going to see the first of many trials that would take place with Jesus. Now here's what I want you to see. Our purpose in going through this is not just to see what happens to Jesus, but to see how humanity is responsible and how humanity responds to Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're not just going to see what happens to Jesus and how he responds to it, but we're going to see how humanity is. And especially today... The attention turns from his disciples now to those who are accusing him and who are finding him guilty. It's going to turn from those who who are his followers to those who are now going to beat him and, and mock him and blaspheme him. So we're going to see the nature of unbelief. Because here's reality, folks. I'm going to be flat out honest with you. If you're not waking up to this reality, you need to. Most people don't believe do you understand what I'm saying? Most people, you work with them, you, you're your neighbors with them, you're whatever. They don't believe. And they don't see what you're seeing. And some of them will be flippant about what you believe. We're going to see flippancy here in a moment, being frivolous about it. And then some of them are going to be above you. How, how can I say that? Uh more academically inclined, more already predetermined in their unbelief. And it's just a question of finding the loopholes in what you believe to disprove you. And we're going to see that today. We're going to see it in these interactions with Jesus. But Jesus is going to give a pronouncement here, folks. He's going to kind of, because he understands, you have to understand, Jesus is not surprised by our unbelief. Jesus is not surprised that most people will reject him. So he's going to talk about that. So I want you to notice with me, we're going to look at verse 63 through 71, the end of the chapter, as we look at unbelief expressed. So notice with me, verse 63. Now the men who held Jesus mocked him and beat him. And having blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and asked him, saying, Prophesy, who is the one who struck you? Many other things they blasphemously spoke against him. And as soon as it was day, the elders of the people, both the chief priests and the scribes, came together and led him into their council, saying, If you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, If I tell you, you will by no means will believe. If I also ask you, you will by no means answer me or let me go. Hereafter, the Son of Man will sit on the right hand of the power of God. Then they all said, Are you then the Son of God? So he said to them, You rightly say that I am. 
And they said, What further testimony do we need? For we have heard it all ourselves from his own mouth. Here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to see a couple of things here. We're going to break this passage down really into three sections. We're going to see, first of all, visible contempt. That's the first type of unbelief is visible contempt. You know what I'm saying? You ever, you ever engage with somebody who doesn't believe what you believe? There's really going to be two kind of responses. There's the guy who's verbally opposed to you. Do you know what I'm saying? Who mocks you. And then there's another type of unbelief that we're going to see here, and that's predetermined decisions. Those who really aren't acting that way, but they're already predetermined in their heart. And then we're going to see the pronouncement of Jesus as the response of Jesus, and then we're going to see his ultimate rejection there by the Jews. So let's notice, first of all, the visible contempt. First of all, here's what's happening. Because you've got to picture it. He's in the garden. Judas comes up, kisses him. He's betrayed. His disciples react. Peter's one of them, the main one. Wax off some dude's ear. Jesus heals the guy. Now, let me just stop for a moment. He heals one of the guys who's coming for him. And they're not Roman soldiers. They're temple guards. They're Jewish guards. They're like the Jewish temple police. Do you you understand what I'm saying? Because the temple was not just a building like this. It was a structure. It was a facility. And they had guards. So, like, for instance, have you ever been on the university? Or, like, if you go over to State College, and I think they have a, their own police. Does, state, does, state, does Penn State have their own police? I think they do, yes. Okay, and so you ever notice you got the State College police, and then you see the Penn State University police? Okay. And here, here's the thing. It's sort of like that. It's like, yeah, there's the Roman authorities who are in charge, but there's the temple guard. So it's the temple guards who are taking him. So they've seen Jesus heal one of their own. But then you come to verse 63, and this is just blows your mind. They're beating him. They're mocking him. Visibly contempt of him. Do you understand what I'm saying? They're visible in their contempt of him. And here's what I want you to see. Number one, they're frivolous about who Jesus is. They're frivolous. What do you mean? Because part of the mocking is, you ever played a game Blind Man's Bluff? Have you ever played that as a child? You're in a circle, you close your eyes, and and somebody goes, and who, who whacked you type thing, you know? You're supposed to figure that out. Well, I mean, they're, they're doing a, a rather brutal version of that. They blindfold him, beat him up, and say, who slapped you on the face? Prophesy. That's, predict who it is. Who, you, if you're such a great prophet, who hit you? Now, here's this crazy thing. You know what? He knows who hit him. But they're mocking him. Because they're frivolous about who he really is. I mean, okay, put you, I want you to picture this unbelief now, okay? Jesus has been ministering in Galilee and Judea for three years. Everywhere he goes, there are crowds following him because they've had people, they've seen him heal people, cleanse leopards, The blind see, the lame walk, the dead are raised. He's fed thousands of people on two different occasions. 
you think they not heard that? Who hasn't? But did it make an impact on them? Obviously not. In fact, you know what? Even if they didn't know any of that, just seeing him heal the guy just a few, maybe a couple hours before that, heal the dude's ear? Like, how many of you can do that? Like, whack your ear off, pick it up, and stick it back on your head, and you're okay. That's, you know, the best we can do is sew it, and you got a scar. So, do you know what I mean? It's, they're frivolous about who he is. And here's what the other thing that comes out of this passage, because where's it coming from? Here's what their hearts express their contempt for God. Look at what Luke records there. You know, not just playing this brutal version of blind man's bluff. Look at what it says there, verse 65. Many other things they blasphemously spoke against Jesus. Blasphemy is speaking against God, folks. Where's it coming from? Remember what Jesus said? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You want to know where somebody's at? Listen to them. Listen to them. You want to know where they're at? Listen to them. You've got somebody who's backbiting and critical, that's coming from their heart. Did you if you've got somebody who's negative, that's coming from their heart. You got somebody who's frivolous about who Jesus is, isn't blasphemously speaking against him. That's saying something about the darkness of their what? Their heart. And it was unbelief, visible contempt. Here's, here's what I want you to understand. You've got to grasp this point. So we've got to grasp this point. Miracles don't lead people to Jesus. Because hearts have to change. Do you understand what I'm saying? These men saw these things, heard these things. It made no impact on them. And they had no more respect for him than they would a stray cat. Or a stray dog. And they brutalized him. That's one type of unbelief. You and I have seen it. People who mock you, mock what you believe antagonistic, openly sarcastic, antagonistic against your faith. This is that type of unbelief. But there's another type of unbelief here. We see it here in verse 66 and 67. Look with me. There's the, there's the prim and proper crowd. Okay? What do you mean by that, George? Well, you know what? If you've got, if you've got a temple guard, are you going to pick a bunch of wimps to be your temple guard? No, you're going to pick muscled dudes, maybe no brains, and uh, just, you know, you expect that kind of behavior from them, right? You know, they're, they're just enforcers. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the bouncers. Do you, you know what I mean? But now you've got, the, you've got the people who are in charge, and they're a little bit more prim and proper about it. So look with me at verse 66 and 67. But see, they don't believe either. But their expression of unbelief comes out in a different way. Their expression of unbelief comes out in a different way. Look at what it says there. And as soon as it was day, the elders of the people, both the chief priests and the scribes, come together and led him into the council, saying, If you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, If I tell you, you will by no means believe. Here's a couple things I want you to see here. Number one, formalities cover dark purposes. 
formalities cover dark purposes. Because here's the thing. They took Jesus in the night, probably early morning. They take him to the high priest's house. That's where they're going to have the council meeting and so forth. And But there's they didn't immediately have their meeting. They waited until the dawn came. Why? Here's the formality. Now, this is what you're going to... This is interesting, isn't it? Because they're, they're interested in appearance and formalities. Because according to the Jewish law, a person could not be tried during the night. It had to be during the daylight. Do you understand what I'm saying? Trials could not take place at night. It had to be during the daylight. Well, they've already decided what they want to do with him already, right? They've already decided he's history. We're getting rid of him. But they've got to go through the formality of what? A trial. But we can't have a trial at night. They're going to say that was wrong. So when are we going to have our trial? Soon as the soon as the skies crack. Soon as dawn comes. And so oftentimes, you know what, you'll see that. People will cover their dark purposes with formalities. You ever, you ever had somebody stab you in the back and you didn't know it was coming, but they were awfully nice to you? I mean, you know what I mean? You ever been at the job and, and, and your boss is really nice to you and at the end of the week he says, you're done. Like, where did that come from? Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, see you later. That, that's reality here. Formalities cover dark purposes. Now here's what's going on. Look at what they ask him. Verse 67. If you are the Christ... Tell us. Now, Christ is the Greek word. It means Messiah. So here's what they're doing. They're asking him a question. They appear to be asking for his identity. And they say to him, if you are the Messiah, you tell us. You tell us. Now, here's what I want you to see about predetermined decisions. They're not seeking truth as much as a means to discredit they're not interested in knowing for sure that he's the Messiah. That's not interest. They're not interested in that. They're not really interested in knowing who he really is. They've already predetermined they've got to get rid of him. See, here's the thing. Sometimes you'll talk to people. Here, I'm going to be honest with you. I have friends who do this. I disagree with them on this. You are not going to argue anybody into the kingdom of God. Do you hear me? Write that down. You are not going to argue anybody into the kingdom of God. And if you have somebody who who wants to engage with you and they're asking questions and they want to debate you about something, here's what I'm saying. Teachable people don't need to be debated to learn. Do you understand what I'm saying? Teachable people don't need a debate to learn. They're going to seek truth out on their own. See, they're not interested in seeking truth here. They're asking him a question not because... They want to know for sure. They're wanting him to say something to discredit himself so they can say, okay, hey, we got it. He's done. Here's the problem. We've got to get rid of him. A lot of times people will ask you things, and it's not out of a sincere heart that they're asking you what you believe. They're looking for a means to discredit what you're saying. Do you understand what I'm saying? They're looking for a reason to disprove you. They say, well, of course, I thought it was true that he was that way. No wonder I don't want to believe that. Happens all the time. 
So you have the you have that visible contempt where they're beating him and mocking him, but then you've got this formal stuff where we don't want to do the wrong thing and have a trial at night, but we're not really interested in him proving himself. We're going to ask these questions. We're not really seeking truth. We're just seeking a means of discrediting him. Now, here's the thing about that. So you see those two types of unbelief. You see the the frivolous, contemptible unbelief, and you see this academic, predetermined unbelief. Now, here's the thing. Jesus sees through it all. Jesus understands it all, and here's what he does. First thing, here's his response. He points out their predetermined disposition. He points out, look at what he says, look at, the, look at verse 67. If I tell you, you will not by no means believe. What's going on there? Jesus says, you know what, if I answer your question, there's no way in the world you're going to believe anything I'm going to say to you. You've already made up your mind. Jesus understands that. He points out their predetermined disposition. Have you ever been in, have you ever, I, mean, I do this sometimes, we're human beings here. You ever, ever get, go into a meeting and you've already decided that this is how people are going to act in that meeting, this is how they're going to, you've already predetermined in your mind that this is the way they are? You know, have you ever done that? Okay. And then you go there and it doesn't really matter what that other person does or tries to do to disprove you. You've already made up your mind that this is not a good, this, this, he's a schmuck. I'm not going to deal with him. He might be the greatest guy in the world, but you've already made up your mind about it. How many know what I'm talking about? You don't need to say, I do that, but you know what I'm talking about. Because we do that, don't we? You know what I mean? Sometimes we get surprised because we don't know everything. We think we do, but we don't. Well, this is what's going on here. Jesus is saying, guys, you've already made up your mind about me. How can I answer you? How can I answer you? Here's the other thing he says. He says, in fact, if I ask you a question, you're not going to answer me. So then this is what he does. It's, it's like, why does he all of a sudden, he shifts from talking about his situation. Look at verse 68. Or excuse me, verse 69. He just makes this statement. Like, where did that come from? Here's what he says. Hereafter, the Son of Man will sit on the right hand of the power of God. Whoa, shift here. Conversation just changed. What's going on here? Jesus affirms his deity in spite of unbelief. He said, you guys aren't going to listen to me. You're not going to believe who I am. If I tell you, there's no, you're, you're not going to in any way believe what I'm saying to you. But you know what? I understand that already. But here's the reality. Here's what Jesus is saying. From this point on, you're going to see me sitting on the right hand of God. You're going to see me sitting in power and authority. What's he doing here? I want you to notice something. There's a shift. They ask him, are you the Christ? Are you the Messiah? Notice how Jesus says, hereafter you're going to see the Son of Man. That's another messianic title, but it's a little bit different. What do you mean by that? 
It's a little bit different than just Christ, because the Son of Man was a specific title that the prophet Daniel used in his prophecy concerning the Messiah, and that he would be anointed by God, and that he would be exalted by God. So he's talking about his deity here. He's affirming, you know what, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Here's what ultimately he's saying. It doesn't really matter if you believe or not. That's not changing reality, Jesus is saying. The reality is, is that I'm going to be exalted and sit on the right hand of the Father in power. You know what I'm saying? So here, let me just say this. Let me just say this real quick, because we maybe have somebody here, you're not sure if you believe, Okay. You're not even sure if this is all just a bunch of mumbo-jumbo and you're just here with somebody you love because they told you to come. All right? Okay, fine. You know what? The bottom line is it really doesn't matter whether or not we believe. Because he's still God. He's still going to sit on his right hand of the Father. He's still going to be exalted. And that has nothing to do with whether or not we believe it. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is what Jesus is saying here. You don't want to listen to me. If I tell you, you're not going to believe. But the reality is, is I'm going to sit on the right hand of the Father. He is affirming his deity. The reality is, folks, Jesus is God, whether you believe it or not. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's God, whether you believe it or not. Whether it affects the way you live your life or not, he's God. Now, that's a pretty bold thing to say. In fact, that would cause a reaction if you, don't un- if you don't believe. That would cause a reaction. In fact, that's what happens. Look with me. Look at verse 70 to 71. It gets interesting here. Then they all said, what do you mean? It's not just one guy, not just the the one who's interrogating Jesus speaking in here now. It's everybody in the council, all the Jewish elders, all the high priests who are there, all of the leaders of the people. They're all saying this. They're asking him. Now, again, they're moving the question now because they understand what Jesus is saying. Let me just stop for a moment. They understand what Jesus is saying. Remember, it started out, are you the Christ? Jesus then moves it to say, you're going to see me, the Son of Man, sitting on the right hand of the God. Now, they understand what he's saying, because look at the next thing they say. Are you then the Son of God? They understand what he's saying. And he said to them, you rightly say that I am. Now, here's what I want you to see about rejection. Unbelief will not consider the facts. What do you mean, George? Remember, I just told you he spent three years doing amazing things, fulfilling prophecies. Like, okay, let me just stop for a moment. Forget the faith healers on TV. Nobody's doing what Jesus did. Do you know what I'm saying? How many of you have seen somebody walk into an assembly of people, see a guy's arm who's atrophied? Like I remember in my church in Canada, I had a, had a, a gentleman, now he's gone home to be with the Lord. 
he he had polio when he was younger. We, we don't know, remember those, if you're older, you remember those diseases. But polio would atrophy your muscles. And he would have a strong arm on one hand, and he'd have an atrophied leg, or an, I think a pearly his name was, and it was atrophied on one side. And here Jesus walks in, there's a guy whose hand is atrophied, it's, it's, it's deformed and everything, and Jesus heals him. Makes the hand whole. How many of you have seen somebody do that? How many have seen somebody give somebody back their eyesight without laser, laser surgery, huh? We've seen somebody raise the dead. See, all of these things are speaking to the reality that this is not your normal dude. And so they're entering into this discussion. Well, well, are you the Messiah? Jesus says, you know what? If I tell you, you're not going to believe me. But you know what? No matter what, you're going to see the Son of Man, God, sitting on the right hand of the Father in power. Well, are you the Son of God? Again, they're not interested in truth here now, folks. They're not interested in truth. They're not considering the facts. Unbelief will not consider the facts. Everything is pointing from what he's saying to his whole life is pointing to the reality that the Son of God is in their midst. They're not willing to grasp that. Unbelief will not grasp that. Here's the other thing. Unbelief will not tolerate exclusive claims. So are you the son of God? Here's what Jesus says. You rightly say that I am. Now, let me just stop for a moment. That doesn't mean anything in our English, but do you have to understand? The name of God in the Old Testament was what? Moses said, well, whom shall I say is sending me? I am. Jesus was, you know, anybody who says Jesus did not claim to be God is not reading the Bible. Is not reading what he said. And notice how they respond. In fact, one of the other gospel writers says that the high priest tore his clothes. Tore his clothes out of anger. And they said, what further testimony do we need? For we have heard it ourselves from his own mouth. Unbelief will not tolerate exclusive claims. Here, I'm going to be honest with you folks. We're, we're in a pluralistic nation. We're in a tolerant nation. Have you noticed that we're, we're supposed to tolerate each other? We're supposed to tolerate each other unless you make an exclusive claim. Because if you make an exclusive claim, that's intolerance. Folks, Jesus Christ, Christianity, makes an exclusive claim that there's only one God, no other God, and his name is Jesus Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying? No one, Jesus said, comes unto the Father except through me. Period. And you wonder why people are reacting. You wonder why people just can't get along together. You wonder why people aren't happy about that. Folks, they're not going to be happy. We we live in a culture where everything is okay to believe anything you want to believe. But that's not what Jesus is saying here. And you know what? From the very beginning, when he makes the claim of who he is, they didn't like that. It won't tolerate exclusive claims. 
Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.